eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. I'm Emily Proud. We are here to discuss the very first edition of this season's college football playoff rankings. And I'm not here to do it alone. I've got some friends here with me, Brandon Marcello and Chris Hummer. Let's bring them in so we can talk to them about these rankings. We're going to start at the top because that's the most exciting. Number one, Tennessee. I'll start with you, Brandon. What do you think about the Vols in the top spot? All right. Yes, they did it. Um, I, I think uh, they very well deserve it. If they're going by what the committee goes by, Tennessee has five wins against teams who were ranked at that time. That's the most in the country. Tennessee has been impressive offensively week to week. Tennessee has the most impressive individual win this season against Alabama. Of course, they deserve to be number one. Chris, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's much question about this. You could quibble and say Tennessee's defense might be a problem long term. But like when you look at what happened on the field, Tennessee beat Alabama, a top six team for the committee. Sorry uh, to play spoiler for those of you who haven't seen it, but I hope you have. Yeah, I just think they've been the most consistent team in big situations. As Brandon said, five ranked teams at the time, the most stacked resume of anybody out there and i mean tennessee's number one for the first time since 1998 i'm sure rocky top's gone crazy yeah what happened that year i think uh, i think they might have won the national championship that year but man it has been a long time 24 years tennessee this is also the first time since 2014 a team not named alabama ohio state georgia or clemson debuted at number one we did hear a few of those names, though, in that top ranking. Don't worry, Chris, you didn't spoil anything. Let's go back and take a look at the top 12 here. The ones that we really want to focus on, though, are one, two, three, and four, because those are the ones that will be playing at the end of the season. So, Brandon, I start with you. Is there one team through this one through four that maybe surprised you a little bit? I mean, Clemson at number four over Michigan did surprise me a little bit. I mean, Georgia at number three is not too surprising because the committee, listen, they think ahead. They know that obviously Georgia and Tennessee are playing this weekend. So that will sort itself out for next week's rankings. But seeing Clemson ahead of Michigan did surprise me a little bit. 
But that goes back to how much they value strength of schedule. And Michigan's strength of schedule in the non-conference is terrible. They play Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Guess which team has the best record of all of them? UConn, believe it or not. At 4-5, and five, those teams are combined 8-18 eight and 18 this season. The non-conference schedule absolutely hurt Michigan in these first set of rankings. And they will improve if they continue to win here going against the Big Ten opponents. But only one win against a team that's ranked right now, and that's Penn State, of course, just recently. Maybe a little bit surprising, but again, the committee, again, hammering home, non-conference schedule and strength of schedule matters quite a bit to us. Yeah, Chris, how big of an example are they kind of making out of Michigan? You know, we go back to to the fact that you can only play the teams that are in front of you. Ultimately, though, they are scheduling these teams. You didn't expect UConn to be the best team that they faced in the non-conference schedule. But when you look at these two schedules, Michigan and Clemson, is it pretty clear that that's what the committee favored when putting Clemson in the top four? It seems that way, yeah. And I, I think it's really important to note that the committee showed the ACC some respect this week. They have Syracuse at 20, Wake Forest at 21, and NC State at 22. And Clemson won all of those games close. But for the all three of those teams to be ranked gave Clemson a huge boost in these rankings. Personally, I thought eye test-wise, the committee might jump Michigan ahead of Clemson. And as you said, I think it is a bit of a statement about what you do in the non-conference schedule, but I think Michigan's sleeping okay at night. Like if it wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. And in some cases, there is an advantage to having a softer non-conference schedule. It allowed Michigan to figure out its quarterback situation and it stalls everything ahead of it. I want to just say real quick and add to this. I think this adds more importance to what we're going to see when we get to the 12-team playoff when it comes to non-conference strength of schedule. And again, I think this is why a lot of conferences are looking at one, eliminating divisions, but more importantly, maybe going to a nine-game conference schedule like the SEC is thinking about doing. Because if you just so happen to have a weaker-than-expected non-conference schedule, that could kill you and leave maybe a team or two out of your conference from going to the new 12-team playoff in the future. So when you look at where Michigan is right now, does this indicate, I'll start with you, Brandon, here, that they got, they have to win out? I mean, they've got to beat Ohio State and they have to be the Big Ten champions in order to make it into the playoff? I mean, it certainly looks that way. And with the schedule, the way it sets up, I mean, it was always going to be that. I mean, even if they had maybe lost an early season game to a Penn State, but even so, it sets up that way. And listen, the committee, in a lot of ways, again, they set up these these rankings, maybe even without realizing it, of it's just going to set its, it's going to settle itself out. It's going to figure itself out because these teams that are in contention, they always play against each other near the end of the season. These blue bloods do. And it'll be figured figured out and when we get to the game it'll we'll get it all settled chris alabama number six it's a weird phrase but they have the best loss if that's possible is this an indication that the committee is valuing having a better win over maybe suffering a not so bad loss i think it's that and also just a bit of an eye test thing um i know the committee will never admit to eye tests but when you're trying to determine the best teams like ultimately it's just a giant game of eye tests right like if you think a team is better than the other like you're going to rank them ahead of that one. And we saw that with Alabama over TCU. I think we obviously have not got to hear the committee chairman talk yet, but I think he's probably going to cite TCU's defense and close wins. Whereas Alabama, although they've had their struggles um, this season, outside of the loss to Tennessee, they played a really close game against Texas A&M. They played a really close game against Texas as well. But I think on paper, people still view Alabama as a juggernaut. And that's why 
they rank ahead of TCU right now because they lost to the best team in the country per the committee. And they probably beat a team in Mississippi State last week that is right outside of the top 25 of the committee as well. This is selective criteria by the college football playoff committee. This is where I get into kind of being frustrated with them. I mentioned non-conference scheduling and that hurting Michigan and everything. But then you look at and in Tennessee being number one for a reason because they beat five ranked teams at the time. Well, TCU beat four teams that were ranked at the time, which is the second best mark behind Tennessee in the entire country. And yet they're going maybe more eye test and saying, you know what? They belong behind Alabama, even though Alabama has a loss right now because they just look better on television when we watch them. It's selective criteria. They they pick and choose what they want to see. If we were just going on paper like they did, looks like with Tennessee, TCU would have been ab- above Alabama. I think this is the brand, the big elephant trunk uh, getting in front of their eyesight. Well, TC, TCU knows something about the brand because uh, I think a lot of people in Fort Worth are still very upset about how 2014 went uh, with Ohio State getting that final spot. And the committee committee kind of got out of that one with Ohio State going in the run and did. But I do agree. It's certainly selective. I think you could say the same thing of Clemson and Michigan to a point. Um, obviously, the AP voters have Michigan above Clemson because of the eye test and what we've seen this season. And the committee selectively rewarded Clemson for what it's done on the field this year as well, to put it ahead of Michigan. I think you can quibble with those two, but there are a lot of examples, as Brandon says, of the committee being selective in which criteria they push forward. And um, it's been a problem with the rankings ever since their debut in 2014. Yeah, and it'll be selective week to week, it'll change. One thing will be of value to them one week and then the next week, well, I don't really care care about that so much anymore. Um, But Chris, you mentioned the close games that that we've seen Alabama play. Uh, No one has played closer games than TCU. I know we say eye test, but these committee members get tons and tons of data. And Alabama has blown out a lot of teams. TCU has had to come back from a lot of deficits in the first half. How much, Brandon, do you think that they're taking that into consideration, the margin of victory and how they're able to win? Well, I saw them play Kansas, and they had to come back there in in that game. I think that they are, again, they're looking at this and thinking, okay, we have yet to see TCU really just kind of dominate a team out there and do so consistently week to week. They had to come back against Kansas. Their most impressive win, maybe arguably, is that Kansas State game, and it was against a shorthanded Kansas State team that, quote-unquote, was without their starting quarterback, even though we're seeing now that Kansas State is just as good and maybe better without Adrian Martinez at quarterback, which is kind of crazy to say. But again, this is all selective criteria. There's so many things that they weigh, but sometimes one piece of the puzzle weighs a little bit more than the other piece that they're looking at. So I think that it's just going to be a week-to-week thing that they can um, change their mind on and, and choose to focus on. But here's the thing. The CFP does a great job of coaching up the committee chairman for about six to seven hours before he goes on TV and gets all these questions. So he knows exactly how to explain away whatever they decided to do with their biases. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, guys, we've we've done enough of the uh, the committee <laughs> members and talking about what they could improve on and all of these things. But here's the thing. We, we turned it on you guys. We already asked you what we thought your top six would be. And so I want to throw that up on a full screen here so we can compare and contrast. So very similar, but the glaring difference here is between Michigan and TCU. We've talked about both of those squads. Chris, I want you to make the case for why TCU should be in the top four. TCU deserves it. Um, they play in the most competitively balanced league in America. They have four ranked wins over Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Obviously, Kansas and Oklahoma haven't necessarily maintained that, but Oklahoma might have a better record if Dylan Gabriel was healthy the whole year, and you could say the same thing about KU. Oklahoma State and Kansas State are still top 15, top 18 teams for the committee, and TCU has the second best offense in America behind Ohio State. I think when you talk about their resume, they have the best resume outside of Tennessee, and they've earned the right to this point to be in the top four based on what they've done on the field. And no Alabama in your top six. Why is that? They have a loss. What? They have that out. Like, I think Alabama is one of the four best teams in the country. This isn't about necessarily who I think is best. I think I would probably have Alabama above a couple of those teams in my top six. But those six teams are undefeated. Those six teams, to varying degrees, have dealt with the rigors of a Power 5 schedule. And it's unfortunate for Alabama that they play Tennessee on the road, the number one team. But Alabama will have a chance to earn its way back in there with its remaining schedule. But as of this moment, I think those six teams should rank that high. Brandon, why do you have Michigan as a top four team? Because go blue. That's that's my reason. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm I'm old school. You know, I'm not into the analytics because I'm just not smart enough for it. But I go by eye test. Michigan just looks great in the trenches. Their offense is a little bit more dynamic this season than it was last year. The defense is doing enough to get to the quarterback. They are pretty much dominating everybody they have faced in the Big Ten in the trenches. They just look like a bigger, better, faster team than everybody they have faced. And... They just answer the call every single weekend, and they can't reschedule games during the season going, well, this team doesn't have a lot of wins right now in the non-conference, so let's schedule someone else. They can't do it. They just play who they've got. They look like, when you watch them in television, watch them in person, they look like one of those top teams in the country. And I've seen Clemson in, in person myself. They look like a better team overall and deeper, by the way, than that Clemson team. So yeah, I put them ahead of Clemson as we stand today, here today. Okay, I like it. You guys both making the case for your top six, but there is a lot more teams that we need to talk about. Let's talk about 12 through seven. I think what's interesting about these rankings is obviously it's the first one, so a lot's going to change. So oh, I'm curious from your perspective, Chris, who has a shot to maybe make some noise and, and come up from that 12 to seven range? I think LSU of all those teams actually controls their destiny the best. 
LSU with its remaining schedule, obviously. They have a game of Alabama ahead of it. And then LSU is going to get whoever comes out of the East, either Tennessee or Georgia, if it makes the SEC championship game. And I think by positioning LSU at number 10, it controls its destiny in a way that no other team does. You could probably point to Mississippi in the same way, Ole Miss. They still have Alabama ahead of it as well, potential SEC championship game um, slate ahead of it. I think those two teams control their own destiny, whereas USC, Oregon, UCLA, those teams coming from the Pac-12 are going to need a lot of help based on teams around the country. So I like the two teams from the SEC that I know if they went out, have a better than not chance of reaching the playoff. I would say it's 99% or better. Both teams get in if they went out the rest of the way. Brandon, what do you think? Who's the lowest rated team that could uh, crash the party here? Oh, man. Well, we're talking lowest rated. I think it's a team that uh, is going to have a big game this week, and that's LSU. If they can run the table, they will be the first two-team playoff to make the to, to make the playoff because they're going to be facing so many of those great teams. They've already got big win against Ole Miss. I think the committee will quickly kind of forget what happened against Tennessee, even though that was home. I also really like right now, I like I like Oregon because of the way they're playing. I do think they've improved quite a bit since that 49-3 to week one loss to Georgia. It was at a neutral site, but it was heavily Georgia because it was played in Atlanta, so you got to weigh that a little bit. It wasn't quite a neutral site game, even though it just says it on paper. And if Oregon runs the table and if USC can keep its head above water and everybody else the Pac-12 keeps that strength of schedule going up maybe Oregon should be in there even though they have a 46 point loss to to Georgia but Georgia of course also needs to keep winning to help Oregon out I, I want to be honest like I understand the Oregon argument and I'm sorry to cut anybody off but like how can you put a team in that lost by essentially 40 plus points like I mean, that was my question how why we wouldn't you one weirdness why wouldn't you <laughs> Listen, there's been enough West Coast bias here, oh, okay? Wow. I will not hear this anymore. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, a lot has got to go right for that to happen. I, I agree with you there. But I do think that Oregon, that Oregon team, I, I was watching it in person week one. I was all like, this is not even a top 25 team. But right now, they look like one of the eight best teams in the country to me, potentially. And and one, if they just continue to win and they blow out opponents and Maybe they should be in, but a lot's got to happen for that for that to happen, obviously. I think that would be interesting because in that scenario, obviously Georgia would have to stay strong. Let's say Georgia gets that number one seed. And then what we're going to have is just a rematch of a game we saw in week one where one team won by 40 plus points. Bring it. And then Bo Nix's Bo, Nix prophecy can, can be fulfilled. Okay. I, I'm sure Dan Lanning would love another shot at his former squad just to put up a little bit of a better performance. Uh, UCL, or Oregon only has one win against a ranked team. That's UCLA. It's also their only win against a team with a winning record. So that schedule certainly, you know, their resume needs a little bit of help. Um, We talked a little bit about LSU. So I want to get to a question that we have here in the chat. Um, Here we go. It's from Braden. He says, if LSU wins out and beats Tennessee in Atlanta, will LSU or Tennessee be ranked higher due to Tennessee's blowout win earlier in this season? Chris, let's start with you. That's an that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm I assume Tennessee, with one loss at that point, um, might end up still ranking higher. I guess it depends on how the game in Atlanta goes. If LSU blows Tennessee out and shows that their uh, their season is flipped considerably, um, maybe they have a shot. But a one loss Tennessee who loses close and their second chance against LSU at the end of the year, like I think that team. Man, that's a difficult hypothetical. I'm not going to lie. I'm stumbling because the committee also rewards conference championship uh, when they look at everything. And that is a fascinating question. I I think I I still lean Tennessee with one loss, but Brandon could think otherwise. Um, That would be really 
I'm with you there, Chris. I think it's just as simple as you've got one loss that's better than the two losses right now. Also, the committee, we're talking hypotheticals. The committees at that point will also look at common opponents, but also whether there's been any injuries on those teams. How do the rosters look different? And then as you said, Chris, I think it's a very important thing. How are those teams trending going into that championship game? Was Tennessee's offense all of a sudden only averaging 32 points a game or something like that? And LSU was just going off. There's a lot of things to weigh there, but man, what an intriguing question. I like it. Okay. And I, I, I think it's interesting too because it's a rematch, right? And the way that Tennessee and LSU faced in that first one, that's got to be weighed in. I mean, that wasn't at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And whoever came up with that question, they should be on our content team because that was that's that's some head spinning stuff right there. Braden Larusa, I like it. He's he's got a little Clemson or not Clemson LSU Tiger in his uh, in his bio, so I'm sure he's very interested. The reason I got Clemson on the brain is because our next question is from Florida. Is this the state or the name? All right. Clemson is not good at football. Sorry. Do these people watch the games? Brandon, your eyes got the biggest. <laughs> so I'm going to go to you first. Not good at football. Thoughts? Well, Florida man, uh, you would know not good football because there's a lot of teams in the state of Florida just aren't playing good football right now. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I, 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 Josh, I play. No, I think, you know, Clemson has been tested. I know that sounds weird considering the schedule, but that game against Wake Forest on the road still stands out to me. The way DJ Uyangole was able to win that game with some amazing throws in that game in overtime, but also he had to throw guys open and tight coverages. He won that game and proved to everybody, one, that he should be the starting quarterback, but also that I, I'm not so sure even with Kate Klubnick, because everybody's in love with him. I'm not so sure that they win that game. And they've been able to keep things together in some tight contests, as we've seen. And so right now, sure, put them where they're at right now, but they got to continue to win and win out to have a chance to get in that playoff. I don't think we're talking about a one-loss Clemson team at this point getting into the playoff. I think we're talking about Clemson's got to run the table, and you know the path is set, and it's as simple as that. Clemson's a tough team to evaluate, too, Chris, right? Because a lot of the teams that they faced have not put up great performances since being beat by Clemson. Wake Forest... NC State, Syracuse, and Clemson's coming off a game right now in which they had to bench their starting quarterback. I mean, how tough is the evaluation of Clemson when you take into consideration that their resume has just kind of been like this and their play has kind of been like this? (laughs) Yeah, Clemson's a really difficult evaluation. I, I think the best way to put it is Clemson's a very, very good football team, but this is certainly not the Clemsons that we saw last decade that were competing for national championships. Clemson ranks 68th nationally in yards per play. That's a very pedestrian number. Um, DJ Uyunglele is playing a lot better this season, but he's still not playing like one of the elite quarterbacks in college football. Obviously, he got benched on a a couple weeks ago against um, Syracuse, so that attests to that. But Clemson still does have three top 25 wins for the committee. Clemson still is one of the most talented defenses in the country, especially that front seven. And Clemson still does have a lot of championship DNA, which I know sounds ridiculous. So I think, as Brandon said, if Clemson wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. Like they would have beaten enough ranked teams by that point to justify that. But this is a team that might struggle once we get to the playoff format when they have to go against the best teams in the country, your Ohio States, your Alabamas, your Tennessee's teams of that ilk. I just don't think so. Clemson is equipped to play in those games uh, if they get into a shootout or something. Watch out for Notre Dame this week, Clemson. 
That's true. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, no, there's still a lot of season left. I mean, that's what's fun is this is this is the first edition of this season and we could talk about this all night long, but we got to cut it off because we got a, got a lot of other fun things going on here at 24-7 Sports. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and don't go anywhere because Late Kick with Josh Pate is coming up here at the top of the hour. Guys, thank you so much for the great conversation and we will see you back here next week for round two. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!